Got that wrong, though. Oh, Rach, not now. Rach? Hello? I'm, on, I'm doing my podcast. All right, call me when you're done. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Sure? Bye. Bye. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, no, he's come back. He's joined. That's ridiculous. Rachel chose that moment to call me. Right then, week number the 12th, and we're here, we're, Craig's dropped out last minute. Um, Sand in his vagina, I think it's And we've replaced him with a robot. Um, <laughs> so this podcast should be the best ever. I am sitting here drinking a lovely English vintage cider that I purchased from uh, from Waitrose today, and it's uh, a, a lightly sparkling affair, quite dry, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I think I might just... Other supermarkets are available. So. Yeah, but they're not as good. Um, is anyone else anyone else dabbling in a drink, or are we all... I see I've you've got... I've got a nice bottle of Heineken on the go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, got a summer, I've got a summer fruit squash, if that counts. But... Yep. I'm, uh, I'm, going, I'm going dry. You're going dry? I'm going dry. <laughs> this is the first and last time that you'll hear that voice on this podcast, because that is uh, Russ... <laughs> My good, my good. Well, I'd say good friend, someone I know um, from back in the day, who who is the host of Mauled Over podcast about rugby, which is sad that Craig's not here because he would he would dearly love to talk about rugby. But um, we got a little segment coming up with Russ in later on that um, we're, he's he's an NFL rookie, and we're going to try and ingratiate him. Is that the right word? It's a word. It sounds clever. So that, that, that's what I'm going with, and we're going to try and convert him. And he's got a little, a little something for us later. Anyway, chaps, it's uh, it's been a good week for one of us, hasn't it? In the in our recurring gambling segment, oh, and I'm, of course, no, we do because <laughs> I I need to talk about this quite a lot because I managed to win a net three pence this week, so. I thought I thought it was a loss, a loss of three pence. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. It was a loss. Somebody else said somebody somebody else had a win. I can't imagine who it was. Who? Um, oh. yeah. no, it definitely wasn't on, me. Come on, in, Martin, out of it. It was only a hundred and seventy-three quid, so that was uh, not a bad one for an accumulator that came in. I think it was a seventeen accumulator with a, a fiver on it. Came in one hundred and seventy-three pounds. But... Yeah. So that's essentially our gambling segment over and done with for the year. Uh, yeah, I've yeah, been trying to come yes. up with a 17 accumulator that would win me even anywhere near that amount and have been failing miserably. So the only thing I, I can... I was, I, my 16 accumulator was failed only by the Raiders. Other than that, I, but that was only about 40 quid. It wasn't much. No, so, I, yeah. I've got I've to be honest. Mine. I think he's, I think he's uh, stitching us up. There's something going on there. A little bit of Photoshop manipulation yeah. or something. In fact... <laughs> That's got me thinking. Well, we all we all know about his his um, his penchant for a, a dabble in the cheating. So yeah, yeah, you're not, cheating, you're not cheating, you're not trying. But uh... <laughs> anyway, let's quickly move on from that before he uh, starts really enjoying the sound of his own voice and move on to a quiz that Martin has prepared. So more of my voice then is what you were trying to. Yeah, but it's not talking about gambling, is it? Which no, okay. or, or the, well, not gambling, just the money I won. That's that's going to we'll get move old. On to That's, quiz, it's isn't? going to get old, isn't it, Mark? Yeah. Uh, not, not, not in, uh, was it four, five weeks' time and you've all got... Anyway, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks for turning up. Cheers, Russ. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks, Liz. Yeah, anyway, pleasure. Martin, spin on. Come on, let's get this quiz on the road. Well, I, I want to win something this week. So, uh, the quiz, um, 
first question is about the uh, man who currently owns one functioning meniscus, and that's Adrian Peterson. So, so a meniscus. Start for ten. Meniscus. Meniscus. Yeah. Flexor. Um, how many? How many QBs has Adrian Peterson played alongside? How many QBs started for the Vikings whilst he's been there? Douglas. Six. Is it is it a case of if I get closer, I win the point? Yeah. Fine. Seven. Well, no, that's not that. How can that, how can that be right? You either get the question right Eight. or you don't. You can't just go. <laughs> surely, oh yeah, you got it surely, less surely wrong. Surely's so closest win wins. Point. Surely's closest wins. Yeah, I think that's right. That's... I'll, I'll go first next time. Right. Okay. Here we go. Right. Anyway, the answer is thirteen. You get thirteen. It, it, it was uh, it was only because it was mentioned during the game, um, the Vikings versus the Packers, that he's had 13 starting quarterbacks during his time with the Vikings. And not one of them have been good. Quite... Well, 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 we'll find out as the quiz goes on. Anyway, so Mark, you, 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 get, you get the first um, go at these uh, ones. You've got the start of the 10. So there's uh, three more questions and Doug can come in and steal the points. Okay. So, how many... Of those 13 quarterbacks have thrown for more yards than the Vikings than AP has rushed for. Well, how many of the 12? Um, one. Incorrect. Douglas, how many? Have thrown for more for the Vikings than Peterson has rushed for the Vikings. None. Yeah. That is correct. In your face. I'm going to... I was going to say none, but I thought that that yeah, gives you, you any yeah, other but, option. But you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, no, you didn't. I, I, so, I, I, okay, so of the quarterbacks that uh, Adrian Peterson has had, obviously the most recent are Bradford, Sean Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. But can you name three more? Uh, Brett Favre, Christian Ponder and... Ah... Oh. Two, going blank. One. No, okay, move on. Right, Douglas, who have we got? One more of the Vikings quarterbacks that played with Peterson. Uh, shit. Yeah, it's not that easy, is it? Oh, it's really not. <laughs> Four, um, three. Pepper. No. Oh. Culpepper was before him. You could have had Tavares Don't, Jackson, Kelly Holt. Uh, that was the one I was thinking of. Gus Farrott, Brett Favre, Joe Webb, Donovan McNabb, Christian Ponder, Matt Castle, Josh Freeman, Teddy Bridgewater, Sean Hill, or Sam Bradford. I was just about to say Donovan McNabb. No, you weren't. I actually actually was. All right. (laughs) That's quick Googling. Well done. There's previous on this podcast of Josh Freeman. So, with again, staying with Adrian Peterson, which of these five quarterbacks has thrown for more career yards than he's rushed for? Colin Kaepernick, Kirk Cousins, Vince Young, Chad Henney, or Rex Grossman? Um, that is, I, I wouldn't be surprised any of them have. I, it's not going to be Young. I'm going to go Rex Grossman. Incorrect, Douglas. Chad Henney. It is Chad Henney. Had to be. He has got the only one of those that has got uh, more yards passing than uh, AP's got rushing. Okay, then. so the second question, and again, it's another one, so both of you can buzz in. Name the other running back 
that's had 13 quarterbacks, current NFL running back, that's had 13 starting quarterbacks with him during his time? Chris Johnson. Wow. Um, 13. God almighty. Um, Five. Yeah, it goes back to you. Four. D'Angelo Williams? Douglas, who is it? It's um, been around forever and ever. It's um, Frank Gore. Lucky right. So, Douglas got the answer right, so you'll get first dibs on the, the next bunch of questions then, because you actually said the right name. Frank Gore most recently has had Andrew Luck, Matt Hasselback, and Colin Kaepernick as three of the 13 quarterbacks. Name another three. Curtis Painter. Um, Alex Smith. Jeff um, Garcia. No? no okay. he, pre- he predates uh, predates him. Predates Frank Don't Gore. Know. Frank Gore was the he first was football was... player ever. <laughs> it was like football invented, Frank Gore started playing, everyone else started playing. Well, I think actually Frank, Frank Gore invented it, I think it's probably what, what that was. Fair enough. <laughs> Can you name three then, Mark? <sighs> no, I was struggling before the ones Dougie gave. I, I can't think of anything else, my mind's blank. Okay, so... This is the hardest quiz ever. It really, this is tough. This this actually requires some NFL knowledge, which we've blatantly uh, not got. <laughs> <We're sad enough>. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Have you kept Have you kept score? Yeah, you're two one up at the moment. Okay, so is it how many questions are left? There's uh, one more. Okay, Frank. Uh, so here we go. Right, so Douglas to start. One of these five quarterbacks has thrown for more career yards than Frank Gore's rush for. But which one? Is it Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, Josh McCown, Tim Couch, or Byron Lethwich? Tim Couch. It is not. Uh, Mark. Byron Lethwich. Correct. Josh McCown. So I win the quiz. There's one more question because last time you stitched me up with um, (laughs) Mark Mark can have uh, have this one and uh, if you can name there are two quarterbacks that both AP and Frank Gore have played at quarterback with so which two quarterbacks have played with AP and Frank Gore thing is he's Um, said them all as well hasn't he yeah, he has, and now I'm just trying to think who's been at both. Um, I've got a feeling Christian Ponder's one. Matt Hasselback. Any ideas, though? Well, I mean, it doesn't matter because I've won anyway. Mark never got it right, so I'm going to say... Um... Can't surprise us with your knowledge, Doug. No, I've got no idea about the San Francisco 49ers. I don't care. Um, uh, Matt Castle. It's Josh Freeman and Sean Hill. Oh. Josh Freeman played at the uh, 49ers and then the Colts and Sean Hill played, or, uh, and the Vikings. Sorry, yeah, Colts and Vikings and Sean Hill played 49ers and Vikings. Wow. Well, so I, I, feel, I, feel bored, I feel bad about my naff knowledge of crap backup quarterbacks. Yeah, me too. My, my, yeah, <laughs> absolutely wow. no, no knowledge whatsoever shown by either of us there. Um, well, let's... Thanks for that, Martin. That was the hardest quiz ever. Um, I'll do one next week, and I've got a great idea for one 
that I've been trying to shoehorn in for a couple of weeks, but um, people keep coming up with better stuff. So uh, we'll wait until next week. But that that was I'm going to go away and learn a lot about backup quarterbacks because I feel like yeah. uh, I'm an idiot now. That was that was tricky, man. That was hard. Yeah. Um, so week week two. Are there any running backs left? No, not many. Not many that are getting many yards. No, I mean, obviously, yeah, we just just mentioned AP's already. You know, he's done for the year now. Well, he's done forever, perhaps. You know, that's a significant injury to a you know bit of an aging back. I'm not entirely convinced we'll ever see him again. Um, well, the the thing with a tor- uh, meniscus is that um, of all the ligaments and tendons and stuff you can damage in your knee, that's probably the least significant. I I I did mine snowboarding. And while it's painful, it's definitely not something that is as bad as an AC. It's not. It's not um, a stabilizing ligament, so it shouldn't be too bad. He should. I reckon he'll come back, and he could even come back this season. Um, so I wouldn't rule him out just yet. One that's very significant is um, potentially Amir Abdullah. He was looking like he was um, really, really strong, especially in week one. So for him to for him to get damaged and their lines to fall apart a little bit, I think that could be a significant loss for them. Yeah, I mean, I think my... the reports on that are that. So I was going to say the reports on Abdullah uh, is that the MRIs come back or X-rays come back with no break in his foot. So there's no. So it looks like it's just a sprained foot. Obviously, that could still Sprayer. be a number of weeks. Yeah, could be a number of weeks out, but it's hopefully not not uh, too permanent. I mean, they they just break, don't they, running backs? I mean, my fantasy team has got Doug Martin and. Um... Thomas Rawls in it, and they, they both broke down this week. So I've had a great week. I've won bugger all money at betting, and I've lost both of my starting running backs in fantasy football. So Monday morning was almost a drive off the M4 bridge. I don't know where the M4 bridge is. <laughs> by Bristol, isn't it? Um, drive off that into the river. Forget all about fantasy football. Wash up in Hereford, I guess. Um, I think that's on the M5 as well. There's no bridge of Bristol on the M4. Useless piece of knowledge, but I am West Country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> thanks for that. I mean, it hasn't taken no long for our guest to come in and just start absolutely piling into me straight away, has it? <laughs> you know, get rid of one bloke who piles into me every week and replace him with another one. Unbelievable. Um, so let's have a look at the games. I mean, I'll, I'll start off. I, I watched uh, my team, the Chiefs, again. Um, and as I said last week... Um, it was a different D-line that the Chiefs would be playing, and it turned out that way. I mean, J.J. Watt and Jadevian Clowney absolutely used our offensive line as, as uh, saloon doors and were just on Alex Smith the whole time. I, th- I think that, that, that the Texans might actually be for real this year, um, and I think the Chiefs have sort of regressed a little bit and are going to struggle going forward against the bigger teams. I, I still think they'll have a winning record, but then they're, they're not going to threaten the later round of the playoffs. I mean, the only good thing that came out of this from the Chiefs was Tyreek Hill. I don't know if you saw any of his kick returns, but every single time he got the ball, it was like, you know, you could feel something was about to happen. He was unbelievable. If you get a chance to check it out, have a look, because he is pretty good. Other than that, I mean, it was it was a poor game, really, and and... and just highlighted where the Chiefs have gone wrong in the last three years you look at all the receivers that have been drafted and the Chiefs haven't gone, any, gone anywhere they've got Jeremy Macklin who's a sort of a middle of the road guy but all all the players that are out there that we've passed on in the draft and we're struggling along with with um, no names really at receiver nothing else I mean one of the things for me yeah no no I was going to say that the Chiefs also just are starting to, to feel the pinch of not having Justin Houston there 
because you, you just can't see where else the sacks are coming from. That was a you know a really really solid day last year, but if you're not going to get after the quarterback, you're going to you know have a long old day. And uh, yeah, those those twenty sacks just don't look like they're going to come from anywhere else. So um, Ramsey Hawks um, offensively absolutely nothing from either side. The injury to Russell Wilson has clearly been a factor. It's limited his effectiveness considerably. The Rams' D was pretty immense all night, um, but I bet they can't believe how that offense holds the organization back. They've managed nine points in two games, but they have got a win on the board. The only- An injury to Doug Baldwin as well, wasn't there? Which is quite yeah, a- I know. Also on my fantasy team. So I lost to unarguably the worst team in our fantasy league this week. Um by virtue of the fact that my two starting running backs and my my number one receiver all got injured. I mean... That's not a good week. <laughs> not a good week. The Packers versus the Vikings. Um, Sam Bradford looks good and the Vikes look like they're for real. You know, I think there's going to be a genuine race for the um, for the NFC North uh, now. The, uh, the Vikings defence played lights out all game, really got some pressure on... Uh, on Aaron Rodgers, who wasn't able to sort of weave his usual magic, there's a you know a few mistakes by the uh, the pack offense, and Eddie Lacy looks a little bit out of sorts. He he looks in better shape than he did last year, but he's not the not the the dominant back that we um, we thought we were going to see this year. I, I think that these two are are, are going to be in the in the running order for um, for playoff football, both of them. So even with Peterson out, you think they can cope with Asiata and um, McKinnon? They've, they've literally got nothing out of Peterson so far this year. Nothing. He, he's probably got less than 100 yards in both games, as in combined 100 yards. I, I don't think there's going to be much the same as you've seen with the Broncos getting nothing, not needing quarterback play. I think the Vikings can now ride it without getting the uh, the running back play. And I've got to say, everything I said about Sam Bradford, take it all back. What a quarterback. Amazing. He, um, <laughs> he, 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 looked, he looked the nuts. I thought he looked really, really good to come in with that performance after the amount of time he's had with that team. Um, he's clearly gelled really well with Stefan Diggs, who I thought looked immense in that game. Um, he, he looks and, like a top five receiver, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic player. Um, yeah, I was wrong. Sam Bradford. Well done. Uh, rolling on, Titans-Lions. I have never seen a game quite like this. The first half, there was there was practically no offence. There was like 60 yards of offence from Mariota because, for the most part, every single play of any note was brought back by the refs. I've never seen a game with so many penalties on and, and be completely ruined by officials. Just It was almost like they'd got together at the start of the game and said, if you see any holding of any kind... We're going to throw a flag, and it. Watching the condensed version of this game was like, oh, that play didn't happen. That play didn't happen. That play didn't happen. And and you know there was first and goal from the thirty. There was you know countless second and twenty fives, and it was just a ridiculous. And and it it completely ruined it. Really difficult to watch. Um, and if you do watch it on on uh, Game Pass, just watch the last ten minutes. Um, Jack's Chargers um, Chargers dominated their season home opener um, it was a, Jag, a Jag side that was full of mistakes but low on any on any good ideas Craig's favourite guy Phil Rivers um, tore the Jags dear part 
the Jacksonville offense only actually crossed midfield six times in the whole game. They had two scores in the fourth quarter when the game was long since over. Make no mistake, this was a battering from start to finish. The only downside for the Chargers, the loss of Danny Woodhead out for the season. He does a huge amount for that team and he will be a big loss. But Travis Benjamin, um, in the absence of Keenan Allen, stepped up and looked a real deal receiver. They seem to they seem to struggle every year of injuries to Chargers. They're always complaining about something or other. <laughs> yeah, it's um, they're they, they've been unlucky, and to, to lose those two guys, you're you know one of your main weapons, dual threat, back in Woodhead and Keenan Allen in the first two weeks. That's tough. But despite that, and I hate saying it, but the Chargers look good. I think they look decent so far. In addition to those injuries, obviously their first round draft pick, Joe Bosa. Still hasn't played yet this year because he's he's got a, a bit of a dodgy hamstring as a, a result probably of his holdout and not being at uh, a training camp. So he's still got a superstar come on defense as well. Yeah, he's got an injury off the back of being a prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rumours are they're going to sign Dexter McCluster to uh, replace uh, Danny Woodhead. So they, that that'll be all right then, won't it? Because he's not a horse. <laughs> yeah, it's just what you need. Okay, so the. Uh, Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. Um, Indianapolis really need to do something to protect their $140 million investment because that offensive line, that running game, are not giving Andrew Luck any help at all. He is getting killed and taking on the likes of Von Miller, who's coming up with strip sacks at the end of games, which is what the guy does. I can't help but think that Andrew Luck could be our generations or the current generations, Dan Marino. He could be an outstanding quarterback surrounded by subpar talent and never get the never get the ring he deserves. You've heard of, agree with you you've heard of Dan Marino. Russ? I have, yeah. He he uh he was quite a good quarterback, wasn't he, in the in in the early nineties? <laughs> he's what made me think of American football. When you think of American football, you think Dan Marino and Joe Montana. Well, maybe people of uh, a younger generation are going to think of Andrew Luck in the same light in a few years, but um, maybe so. And Andrew Luck's got a better neck beard, so you know, but not as good a mullet. Marino was ah, a pretty good mullet. Quality mullet. It, and, it's, it's a mullet. mullet. And, and Andy Bag Cameron Diaz. So you know, it can't be all bad. No, yeah, fair play. Um, Browns Ravens. Not a lot to say about this. The game was sort of. I mean, Cleveland started the game unbelievably well. Three three drives, three scores, an interception, um, and then sort of switched off towards the end of the half. Uh, the Ravens came back and eventually just ground them down. Cle- Cleveland is shit. Everything about Cleveland is shit. Their uniforms are shit. Their field looks shit. The stadium's shit. All their fans are shit. And not only that, that game was the worst coverage of an NFL game from a TV standpoint that I've ever seen it was like they'd just gone into the crowd and gone anyone fancy doing cameras today yeah all right come on then just stand up here and have a look honestly you watched the first the first uh, half of that game was shocking i've never <laughs> seen anything like it and um is that how you got a, do- a job doug mate <laughs> you gotta wind your neck in <laughs> you're not gonna get asked back <laughs> that was too easy um, yeah, that's all there is to say about that. Fuck Cleveland, this shit. Steelers Bengals. Um, Steelers comfortably controlled the uh, NFC North rivalry without ever really shining themselves. Um, they managed to keep AJ Cream, um, AJ Cream, AJ Green, Spencer firmly in check. 
Yeah, there's, as long as you've got that. Um, firmly <laughs> in check by basically giving the ball a lot to D'Angelo Williams. Um, Big Ben had a pretty rusty start in the first half, but shook it off. He managed to keep the Bengals firmly at arm's length. It was comfortable throughout. Um, the only downside for fantasy owners was Antonio Brown being kept pretty quiet, but it didn't matter. No, and another ridiculous game from um, from D'Angelo Williams. I mean, what's that guy got to do to keep his job? Because he's not going to keep it as soon as Bell's back, is he? He's just not. It's ridiculous. It's like it'd be. It's it's roughly the equivalent of scoring three goals for three weeks, scoring a hat trick every week for three weeks, and then getting dropped. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what the guy's got to do. And, and this is what I was saying last week. You know, it's, it, there's there's an argument at the minute that he's one of the best backs in football. And yet you get to week four or whatever it is, and he, he won't play again. It's it's crackers. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who could do with D'Angelo Williams, and that's the Bengals. Because their running game is way, way off the pace. They are not getting anything out of Hill or Bernard. I mean, no. Giovanni Bernard is only any good really catching the ball, screen passes, little flare passes, running... That team needs to needs to have a rethink about how it's uh, how its ground ground game's going. G- Giovanni Bernard to me has always been like a pair of cufflinks. You don't, I mean, just buy a shirt with buttons on. You don't need something like that, do you? An expensive <laughs> accessory that you don't really need. Like you've got Jeremy Hill, get rid of Giovanni Bernard because he can't do the stuff that Jeremy Hill does. So why have him? Pointless. I think from the Bengals, they they, they need to be worried because I think the Steelers have shown what you need to do against them. Shut down AJ Green and you pretty much shut down that offence, and they didn't have a huge amount of other answers. With the running game struggling, they will struggle. Decent defence, but offence... Oh, I don't know. I think, I think, take I, him out of the game. I think Tyler Boyd came out a little bit, didn't he? I think if they can get, get the ball to him, it might open... He also, had a, he, also had a, he, he also had a pretty crucial fumble, though. Contentious fumble. Contentious fumble. S- still crucial. Yeah. Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. There's still no Gronk. What a game. No what a game. And not even Garoppolo, and it still doesn't fucking matter. The Patriots just keep rolling on and win and win and win. It looked like the Dolphins were um, had a chance at a, at a comeback, but the I mean Garoppolo did a great Tom Brady impression for about the first six quarters of this this season. He was just spreading the ball around, moving the chains, getting points on the board. I think someone you know he's already got you know. A, a, number of touchdown passes under his belt. He's someone else. If it had carried on going, could they have, you know, Brady's going to come back, but he looked really, really good. Obviously, he gets injured, probably taking a hit he doesn't need to, rolling outside the pocket. But it's just typical. The Dolphins, given a chance, Arian Foster, injured, Kel Surprise, um, <laughs> groin injury, again, you know, who didn't see that coming? And, uh, yeah, it's just the fucking Patriots. Keep, keep winning. Niners Panthers I'm a believer in Blaine Gabbert I'm a believer in Chip Kelly I am firmly not a believer in that piss poor defence it's piss poor I'm sorry that's all there is to it they they had a good game last week they they obviously wanted to prove something they're not a defence that's going to last the course Um, the Panthers Greg Olsen the usual shit from the Panthers I was going to say that the the reason that defence looked good in week one is because they played the most one-dimensional offence in the NFL. You stop Todd Gurley and what else are the Rams going to do to you? But when they're actually playing against a, an offence that's got multiple weapons, they got exposed. So I think a few people that thought the 49ers might be a little bit better on D than they really were 
have uh, caught a bit of a cold because I, I still think that's a pretty poor roster. Cowboys Redskins, um, happy for Alfred Morris scoring the game winning against his former team. Everyone before the season is talking about Ezekiel Elliott and Darren McFadden, but actually it ends up being Alfred Morris that, that does the business to sink the Redskins in a game that was closer than it should have been, frankly. Um, Ezekiel Elliott looked okay again, but a couple of uh, unfortunate fumbles. Dak Prescott continues to look comfortable. Deion Sanders now saying that he thinks he should remain the starter even when Tony Romo comes back fit. Interesting. Deion Sanders is a dick. <laughs> I thought Kirk Cousins was really poor in this game as well. He did not look like an NFL quarterback and the Redskins having weighed out 20 million quid for him or 20 million dollars for him. Well, that is not good business. They're not going to be happy with their return if he carries on playing like that for the rest of the year. It was a similar theme throughout the whole the whole week, I thought. There was just a, a lot of really poor play, um, considering like off the back of week one where it was really exciting. I thought there was quite a lot of uh, like really mediocre performances this week. Agreed. And he was, he, was at the, he was at the forefront of it. Which probably leads nicely onto the Raiders versus the Falcons, because someone needs to teach the Atlanta Falcons how to tackle. Because the Latavius Murray... Washington and Rashad got far more yards than they really ever deserved because of some really, really poor tackling from that um, that Falcons D. And someone also needs to take Amari Cooper to one side and explain to him, if you run out of bounds, you can't come back and then catch the game-winning touchdown because it'll get called back and you'll lose the game. So it, a schoolboy error by you know a very young, promising uh, wide receiver that uh, ultimately cost the, uh, the Raiders the game. In Amari Cooper's defence, he is probably high. <laughs> you know, they usually are. Football players love weed. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I thought Derek Carr looked good in this game. Um, I thought he looked pretty solid. Raiders have got still got the number one ranked offence in the NFL at the moment. Is that right? Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was massively shocked that they managed to find a way to lose this game because I thought they were going to win this comfortably. But it just goes, shows what the NFL is like at the start of the season at the moment. It's, you know, you, you don't really know what's what. Eagles, Bears, Jay Cutler's out. I don't, I don't think they're going to miss him. Let's put it that way. He th- That offence sucks, balls man <laughs> just sucks absolute donkey balls um jeremy langford's rubbish cutler can't get the ball to white or alshon jeffrey and and the defense doesn't look great either and the but and the eagles are average let's be honest the eagles are very very average and and they were made to look quite good i mean darren sproles is what he must be 120 by now and he <laughs> he, he was still dancing around like he was a kid i mean the Bears are, I, I think John Fox, I, I've actually written down, I think John Fox will be the first coach sacked. Because potentially... Oh, my thoughts if, on that. I'll, if Cut, I'll, if, I'll come if, on to that in the next roundup. If, if, Cutler, if Cutler is out for four or five weeks, they're not going to win a game. They're just not. Um, they haven't. I'm not sure they'd win a game with Cutler. No, and, and they don't have a Josh McCown who can sort of pull them through a mess. They, you know, they're, they're going to struggle, and I think Foxy might be out of a job. Okay, the, the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Arizona Cardinals. Um, the Bucks obviously showed quite a lot of promise in week one. And uh, the Cardinals came in off the, the back of a, a defeat to a rather depleted um, New England Patriots. But all the order has been restored in the world. Arizona just gave Tampa Bay a beating like a ginger stepchild. They just <laughs> hammered them, absolutely hammered them. The only down point, really, for the Cards was... 
that they didn't even need to use John Brown and uh, one of the other receivers barely touched the ball either. You know, Carson Palmer's throwing it around, but when some of your most electric weapons, you can still keep in the back pocket because you put 40 on the uh, on the opposition, just means that you're, uh, you know, you're back on track and I think the cards have re-established themselves as, as one of the powerhouses in the NFC. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I agree, it, the Buccaneers are shite. It, it was a complete arsing, wasn't it? And here we go. Lastly, then. Lastly, but yeah. by no means least, is it's the Bills against the Jets from Thursday night and our guest contributor today, Russ, <laughs> from Moldover Podcast, is going to give us a review... Now, bear in mind that Russell, this is the first game he's ever watched of American football. I gave him, I gave him the task of watching the condensed version on Game Pass and coming up with his little review for this game. So, as a complete NFL novice, Russ, let's hear what you got for us. Um, well, I thought the first, well, it's I going thought well. it was bang it's average. Well. <laughs> I thought I thought it was bang average, if I'm honest. And I don't I don't know anything about the game. It was the first time I've watched uh, any sort of American football for any sort of length of time. Um, the Jets quarterback Fitzpatrick didn't seem to have any control of anything in the first quarter. And the only thing that actually happened in the first quarter was uh, Tyrod Taylor throwing 84 yards to a guy called Goodwin, who seemed to have quite a bit of gas. Um, that was decent. <laughs> Um, he's an Olympic so, standard athlete. He's pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, 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 they mentioned that he, he he missed out by not so not so much on qualifying for Rio. So on the long jump, yeah. Yeah, so he, he was pretty good. Um, the second second quarter it seemed to go a little bit better for the Jets. Um, there seemed to be a, a decent combination with Fitzpatrick and Decker. Uh, they seemed to go there. He, he seemed to be a go-to man quite a bit. Um, who, who seemed to pick him out quite a lot, and another guy uh, called Inua, who I believe is a is a rookie who's in his first season. Yeah, um, seemed to seemed to put a and bit of a shift in as well. He seemed to take Inua, whatever. I'm not, <laughs> you know, you wait until my pronunciation of the next one, which I spent 40 minutes thinking he was called Corte. He scored a he scored a hat trick of touchdowns just rumbling up the middle. Uh, I was and then I was told his name was Forte or Fort. <laughs> But I thought I, I could swear they were saying Corte, um, but clearly they weren't. But they, the Jets seem to have they seem to have two two types of game, and that was either giving it to Forte and letting him trying to run through the middle, or the Fitzpatrick trying to hit um, Decker or Inua. Is that how you say it? Inua. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, that, but they didn't seem to have any anything else. That that was their only kind of two ways of trying to play the game. Um, but the bill, they still beat the bills who were worse than that. The only two things that went right for them were an 84 yard touchdown pass and a, a 70, uh, 74 yard touchdown pass, which looked pretty decent to be fair to him. Um, for Salas, was it Salas who scored great it? Salas. Yeah. Great yeah. Salas. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that look, I mean, it looks great when it comes off, don't get me wrong, but it's a bit of a Hail Mary and it doesn't, it doesn't, it just like, you know, every now and again, those sorts of things happen. And, you know, you've got to have a bit of a backup game to, to try and get your downs sort of rumbling up the driving, so I say driving up the field um, to be able to get your percentages, to put you in a position where you're going to score a touchdown. Um, one thing I noticed, there was a guy called for the bills that was called incognito, 
which made me chuckle. Um, <laughs> and and that and that's pretty much it. You know, I I don't. You gave me. Besides, you, it's really not incognito. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. And they gave and oh, you obviously gave me the, that game to watch. It was Thursday night. It already happened. But equally, they're obviously not the two best sides in the NFL, um, quite clearly. So I'm hoping things can only get better. <laughs> well, to let you into a little secret, uh, the Bills are one of Mark's 33 NFL teams. So he he's uh, probably going to be a little bit. Um... They, they are my. They are my team. All right. Okay. Well, and they're shit. <laughs> I that's it's quite interesting getting the view of somebody who's who's not you know who's not by biased by association. Uh, just a just an honest review. Mark, how how would you see that game differently? Um, well, not massively differently to be honest with you. It was a strange game, I thought, in the fact that there was loads of yards. Um, but not actually that much happened, really. The Bills had, um, as mentioned, a handful of big plays, but on, offensively on the whole were really, really poor. It, it, it was a continuous um, run-a-draw, five-yard pass, incompletion, punt. The whole game, it was, it, was, it was bad for them. And I think the key thing that happened pretty much the whole game was the fact that their D just couldn't stop the Jets in the secondary at all. The whole game they were finding 15, 20, 25-yard passes to picking up and picking up receivers at will. So they were they were driving down the field constantly and getting the points. The Bills were flattered in the scoreline by two massive bombs and one um, defensive score. But this was never a 37-31 game. The Jets were far better than the Bills in this. Um, Fitzpatrick had his way with the Bills' defense. Tyrod Taylor, again, I thought that really poor, save for those couple of massive throws, um, he, he was missing easy open receivers. He looked indecisive. He looked nervous. Um, and his lack of production has ended up costing Greg Roman his job. I was just about to say, I like the way that um, Rex Ryan, the head coach for the Bills, has uh, rode for sure and uh, thrown Greg Roman under the bus. He's uh, come out and said, I've, I've had nothing to do with the offence. I'm a defensive guy. It's all his fault. Um, he's sacked. So, yeah, he, he's, he's taken one of his assistants and um, chucked him under the bus and looked after his brother, who's uh, the defensive coordinator. It's in, you're, you're right. In some, in, when, you, when you look at it, cold hard, cold light of day, you score 31 points while you're sacking your offensive coordinator. But actually, when you look into the, the nitty-gritty of it and a couple of throws accounting for half, two throws accounting for half of Tyra Taylor's yards, their first snap in the red zone was with one minute 30 left on the game. They were, there was too many times the Bills were going three and out and throwing it away. And you could see the defence getting so fucked off on the sideline because they were thinking, we are back in this game again. Last quarter, they were gassed. The offence um, didn't help out the defence at all. And, and the defence didn't play well by any stretch of the imagination. And you're right in that he has he, he's sorted out his brother and that needs looking at big time. And I think that there's a lot of talk that it's going to be sooner rather than later. Um, but the offense is struggling big time. They're not getting the best out of Watkins, even when he is fit. Um, LaShawn McCoy is running into holes because there's no there's no mixing up. There's nothing interesting. And they're not using Tyrell Taylor in the way that he can possibly be used. I think the offense scheme is poor. And considering Greg Roman was the highest paid offensive coordinator in the league, um, he needed to do better than he's done. He's throwing him under the bus, absolutely. Um, let's not forget that his brother is probably one of the worst defensive coordinators of the last five years. 
um, you know. Yeah. I think, um, and it's been said already, I think on the Monday morning quarterback, that I think Rex Ryan might have a decent season next season whilst being an analyst with Fox. So, yeah, Russ has been here for a little while now and um, the reason we've got him along is because, as as I've mentioned before, Russ is a complete novice to the NFL. Um, big rugby fan, like I say, um, but the NFL's not his bag. So we're going to try and convert him. Um, he started off by watching the Jets and the Bills. Those teams are out. You're not interested in those teams. Just give us a give us a flavour for what kind of thing you're looking for from getting out of the NFL. I, that's an interesting question uh, because I don't know anything about it. I, what, what I'm looking for is conversion. So to, something to excite me, but from a, from a sportsmanship point of view, so not, not some teams that, or a team potentially that's just going to try and go hell for leather every week. You know, I want, I want that competitive, almost like play pretty football. If you're talking a, a soccer analogy with a, someone like an Arsenal that's going to play pretty football with no end product or a team that's going to, that's going to actually deliver without actually killing everyone off the part. Like someone like Saracens do in the, in the, in the rugby. Okay. So you don't, you, we can rule out the Patriots straight away because they are the Saracens of, of American football. Who, who would you say, Martin, who would you say would be the team that would play really attractive American football without any end product? <laughs> <laughs> Blimey, that's that's a uh, that's quite a list. I mean, at the moment, you could probably look at someone like the Bengals. You know, they're that's a good they, They've got a they've got AJ Green. They've got you know they've had good running backs. They've got a solid defense. They're good all round the park. But when it comes to January and you want a, you know a playoff team, they fall at the first hurdle. So they're, they're you know that that just. But been been their way for about the last ten years. They've been competitive there thereabouts and had some really exciting teams, but have, have been sort of fallen down. Okay, so the 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 lads that I do the, my podcast with, they are they're American football fans as well, and they mentioned that it might be um, maybe this maybe the Steelers. As long as I've got an arsehole, I'm not going to recommend you support the Steelers. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. They're the antichrist, man. Well, because the Steelers are. Uh, you know, supporting the Steelers to go to a rugby analogy would be like supporting Harlequins. You know, they're this establishment team that have been around. They've won everything. You know, their fans are obnoxious. They're just they're just an awful, awful franchise and don't have anything to do with them. I think for me, I would say that if you're looking for a team that's got a lot of style, but you're not too fussed about the substance, but they can, on any given Sunday they can win a game and play attractive. I think you could do worse than someone like the New Orleans Saints. Blitzing offense, look really exciting going forward. Defense is a bit shocking, so you'll, you're going to likely to be in games an awful lot and lose a lot of games because your defense is a bit crap, but they are exciting to watch on the whole. I think the other um, contender um, for, for a team at the moment would be the Arizona Cardinals. Because one, you can go back and watch um, All or Nothing, which is a documentary series they put out on, um, on Amazon, uh, quite recently, which followed them from last year. They've got the most exciting, probably the best back in football at the moment. You know, they've been competitive the last few years. They could quite easily make a, a Super Bowl run. They've got the, you know, veteran quarterback there. All the pieces are in place on that team. That's a another team that I think, um, you know, could, could be a, a, a genuine uh, shout for a, a team to follow. 
I, I would. Okay, then that. I would second that. So, if you had a list of of core stats, so you'd say, right, for a bit of homework this week, these are the stats you want to look for, and then pick a team based on a culmination of these stats. What sort of things? What sort of things would I be looking at? Is it passing yards? Is it defensive sacks? Well, what what am I looking for? Is a a combination. I, I would say one of the things to look for is the age of the squad. You want a yeah. young team that, that you know. That there are some teams like the New Orleans Saints that look good at the moment, but Drew Brees is thirty nine years old. The guy's only got a couple of years left. So when he goes, that team falls off a cliff. So you've got to be a little look down the line a little bit and not go kind of for the immediacy of, of teams that look good, but the ones that are building something for the future. So. Yeah. I would say, look at the teams that have had, you know, that, that have got the, the draft picks and things and are, and are moving in the right direction. They've got cool uniform. They've got a couple of really, really cool players. They've got a cool logo. Um, I, I'd say, the, and they play fantastic football. And they can, they can do what you, you said. That they can air it out and they can and throw it all over the place. But they have a running back who can just pound it up the middle. And they've got really good defensive guys who are really aggressive. So every factor that you've asked for, they, they sort of tick all the boxes. And I'd also say, watch All or Nothing, because I think that could make you fall in love with that team. It's yeah. an excellent documentary series, and it gives you a real flavour of what the players and everything go through, and you see some of the characters there. And I mean, apart from the head coach wearing flat caps, and my, my views on that is, 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 is well documented. But, Tango um, hats. I, I, oh, oh okay. Reversed. Reversed. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I, I don't think I could. I don't think I no, could mate, do that. Watch, watch all but or nothing, does, but and he you'll does change your opinion. Yeah. No, go and watch all or nothing. You won't regret it. And even if you just okay, watch one so episode, Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, I think, is, I think, I think that's think a consensus. So, so next okay. week we'll give you a Cardinals game to watch. We'll tweet you and we'll do a bit of banter on 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 Twitter. Choose that two p.m. long snap and uh, at Mallover. At More Over Podcast. Yeah. More Over Podcast. And uh, you can you can check in there. Things to watch out for for next week then. I think you need to look a bit more in depth at the game. Um, and I would recommend you watch a little bit of the offensive line. It's very easy to get sucked in and watch the ball all the time on an American football pitch. The real battle and where the game is won is, on the tre- is in the trenches. A bit of a cliche, but have a look at that and you'll get a bit more of an insight into the game. The other okay. thing I was going to say is if you got the time, just watch a half of a broadcast rather than the condensed version. The condensed version, the amount of analysis and insight you get from the commentators is so cut down because you know the, the, the time constraints within the, the compressed version that you'll get, you do get a lot more out of it if you can watch the full broadcast version. So maybe try a quarter or a half of that as well. Yeah. I think you'll find the game, you know, is you can enjoy. Yeah, I always find it more enjoyable to watch it that way. I mean, condensed has got its place, so you can get the game and you get the outcome. But I don't think you get all of the game and all of the kind of the nuances and little things that go on that um, that you'll get if you watch the, the full broadcast. Yeah, I felt a little bit. I, I watched the condensed version and my head hurt. It's like an assault when, when it finishes, isn't it? it? It really, really is. And trying to trying to understand what's going on. Uh, you mentioned about the penalties in another game that you you watched. There were a lot of penalties in that um, Jets Bills game, and they were just like yeah. I didn't really know what was going on. And, and especially with condensed, you were just like, well, is that 
is that play? Does it happen? Does it count or what? So I think you're right. I need to need to watch a, a full half or a game just to try and uh, get that analysis. You've got my game pass. I think you miss a lot of the. <laughs> I think you miss a lot of the narrative when you don't watch the um, the full game as well. You like a lot of the backstories of the players and a lot of the the information about stuff coming into it and what's happening next week as well. It does make a big difference if you can watch the full thing. Absolutely. And you got my Game Pass login. Maybe text me if you're watching it so that I don't sit in an airport wondering why I can't watch my Game Pass. You know. That'd be quite funny though. Yeah, 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 but whatever. <laughs> do that. Um, Definitely do that. Do that yeah. <laughs> Just not on a Sunday between six and three, you know. Um, yeah, so there you go, Russ. You've got you've got your taste. We've got we've got, we've got your team. You've picked a team. We are going to check back in on Russ every few weeks. Hopefully, yeah. You willing to do that, Russ? Come back on. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah we, cool. We'll probably not make you sit through the entire week's reviews like we did this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just yeah, we'll call you up or whatever. But um, yeah, the the aim is by the end of this season, I want you to be saying, you know, things like, I don't know why the Redskins don't use more play action to open up their offense, um, because at the moment I think you'd probably think that that's some kind of cheating, Sex, uh, sexual deviance, yeah, sexual deviance <laughs> or something along those lines. So, you know. Um, the ideal situation would be that we'd give you our stray, Craig, who is staunchly anti-rugby, and he'd come onto your podcast and you could teach him about how great rugby is. That, that would be good fun. Mate. He... Uh, I, I'm, I'm coming into this with an open mind, so I'm, I'm keen to learn. Like, and I, I've, I've avoided it for so long, and everyone's been telling me, American football, get into it. It's amazing. It's so technical. It's this, that. I've yeah. gone, you know what? No, it's a load of shit. But actually, I haven't given it a chance. So I'm coming into an open mind, and I don't know whether whether is it Craig who, who will come into rugby or whatever he'll, he'll give rugby an open mind because he sure he, hates I'm, it. I'm sure he would because he loves the sound of his own voice. So any chance he's got to get his own <laughs> voice out on the on the airwaves, he's going to take. So um, yeah, I think it'll be a good it'll be a good thing to do. Um, there is one more thing. If you want to stick around, we're going to talk about. Um, Another thing. Oh, before that's... we do that, Doug, I was yeah, gonna. Go the, the, the only other thing I was gonna say about the NFL, probably more than any other sport, is the content that's available, other than the games. So the series they do, the you know the behind the scenes stuff, the access that cameras have to games and teams, you know, is incredible. You know, we mentioned um, All or Nothing, the documentary about the um, the Arizona Cardinals. There's a series Hard Knocks that they have every season that follows the teams through training camp. And I think as a, as a product, the NFL is just that, you know, a, a street or two ahead of every other sport. And it's where rugby is going to go, where football is going to go, it's where everything's going to go down these lines of having all this content that the league can put out. So I, I'd recommend as well, having a little look at that hard knocks, last chance you on Netflix um, all or nothing on Amazon. America's just, game. And you, you, America's game. Well, they're, they're fabulous. You know, they're brilliant. You know, they're, they're kind of historical programs about seasons of Super Bowl winning teams. And like I say, for the insightfulness and, and what they've got as a product, it is brilliant. So get get immersed in in some of those other documentary series they do as well. Cool. And they're they're all on Game Pass. Just go on there, have a look. Yeah, and it will help your. It will help you grow into American football rather than just going in with games. You know, learn a bit about the past of the game. Help, always helps. 
Um, yeah, so as I was saying, something that I believe you guys on your rugby podcast chatted about and something that has been boiling my piss for a little while and I'm sure boiling everyone's urine is referees and specifically crap refereeing and crap refereeing decisions. And I, for one, am completely annoyed and pissed off with video refereeing. Video refereeing is creeping into every sport. It's crept into rugby. Russ, I believe you had a, a bit of a discussion about it in your last podcast. Yeah, we talked about this at length. Yeah, yeah. Um, on, our, on our podcast. It, it, it's immensely frustrating. I believe Martin, <clears throat> I believe Martin and, and, uh, and um, Mark have both got issues that they'd like to raise. <laughs> lads. The NFL is... You forgot, you forgot my name there, Doug, I, I really did. I was looking at you thinking, is it Craig? No, it's not Craig. Is it Steve? <laughs> no, it's not Steve. Mark. Um, I definitely don't Craig. No, you don't look like a Steve. Um, yeah, the refereeing... Fo- football's the greatest game in in the world, in my opinion. It's, it's slowly being eroded, as as is rugby for me, by just over-officious refereeing and, and decision-making. Um I mean, Mark. You, there's one thing I know that really grinds your gears, and do you want to do you want to just tell us about that? So, yeah, I think that there's for for a while the players have referred to the NFL as the no fun league, and you can see why when they're starting to chuck in 15 yard penalties for choreographed celebrations when you score a touchdown, and they've actually used that phrase. They banned choreographed celebrations. And you think that, you know, in, in a stadium that's full of fans that love to see that kind of thing, it's one of the best bits about um, any given Sundays where they do all those rubbish dances whenever they score a touchdown. And that's now been outlawed. So you can't see any of that kind of stuff anymore. They just want to make it. You score a touchdown, everyone has a little applause, and then you trot back to your, your side and you kick off again. I think that keep it fun, keep it entertaining. The crowd are there to enjoy themselves. If they're doing that kind of thing, who cares? Throw in the taunty again. I want to see it. I want that type of thing in the NFL. I want other teams getting each other's faces and giving it a little bit of, um, of big bollocks to them. And I think that, especially for the choreograph celebration, I think that the other team, if they're getting pissed off with it, then they need to have a collective unbunching of their panties. Yeah, I mean, I mean, seeing Antonio Brown twerking last week was uh, brilliant. Yeah, it was wonderful. And that celebration he did where he scored, well, um, he scored like a 70-yard touchdown and then, Russ, I, I'll have to find it. I'll, I'll, um, I'll tweet you a video of it where he scored the touchdown. He ran about 70 yards down the field, caught a touchdown and then jumped all fours and spread-eagled himself against the goalpost. Yeah, it was just the greatest celebration ever. I've never seen anything. I don't know. Like it. Was it? Was it? Was it curse at the Super Bowl that mocked oh. shitting a football? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is fantastic. And where? Does, and where does it stop? Because the NFL have made a big deal of the Victor Cruz salsa dance, and yet, you know, so does that now classify as a, a choreographed yes. routine? Where it, does it? Where does it, it stop? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's two or more. It's two or more players that come in when it's choreographed. It was, and you know, and when you when you're having rules about you, oh, you're dancing. There's two or more of you. You've clearly thought this through. How do they know that they've thought it through? Maybe yeah. they're just talented. Fuck me <laughs> off, man. You, they, they need to stop. Maybe they're just. Can talented. I? Can I ask why they've stopped that? Why? Why have they done it? Is it from a sportsmanship point of view, or yeah. what? It, it's basically all down to the fact that they've they've had a big clampdown on taunting um, the other team. They don't want to see it. They want to. They want to see this sportsmanship side of it as this big NFL family. And I think they see that having some choreographed dances is somehow taking the piss out of the other team. 
like with rugby, it seems, it seems mental. It, it's everything to do. Everything in a professional game now is to do with not letting little Timmy see anything that might corrupt him. I know one of the referees in the Premiership this week gave a bit of a telling off to a player for celebrating a turnover in front of the opposition. Um, and the only reason they're doing this is so that little kids don't do it on a park because they believe you know it's bad for the image of the game. Do you know what? It's the NFL. I want to see players shitting footballs. I want to see fights. I want to see big dudes throwing hands. That's what I want, basically. And if yeah. and if a little bit of piss taking encourages that, then fine. Isn't it what has in the past made the NFL great? The 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 character and the showmanship yeah. and the exactly. the very fact that it has been flamboyant and over the top and these massive characters yeah. that you know talk absolute shit in press conferences and you know just go at each other all the time and and then on the field they you know they are shitting footballs and they're humping goalposts and you know surely it's it's all part of the what makes the NFL great I th- I think you're thinking maybe of the the eighties NFL which was all just roided up meatheads. And for a large extent, it's all 80s sport, really. Sport back then was completely different. There wasn't the money. And the NFL is so brand conscious that they can't afford to have people going around pretending to shit footballs. The, the thing that fucks me up about it most is the re- one of the reasons that is... I love, like, soccer. But one of the things that pisses me off about it is how it's... like It's more that the sport, more than any other, that becomes not fun just by watching a game, teams set up too defensively and it's too, it's not fun. I want the NFL to be fun to watch. Otherwise, what's the point? Sport needs to be fun. And if you're going out of your way to piss all over people celebrating, doing the thing that you're meant to do in that sport, then fuck off, Roger Goodell, thanks. Yeah, Goodell, yeah, thanks. absolutely. The, I mean, the other, the other thing, the, the catch rule, the, the NFL needs to sort yeah. this the, the hell out. I mean, Rush... You may have picked up a couple of instances in the Bills-Jets game where they were talking about whether the catch was completed, if it wasn't, you know. Basically, to, to constitute a catch, a guy has to catch the ball, make a football move, keep control of the ball entire, the entire way through the, through the motion of the catch and come to a complete standstill without the ball moving in his hands. That's a catch. What's a catch in cricket, Russ? The ball doesn't touch the floor. Yeah, it's there yeah. was a very famous one last season, one there with with Odell Beckham, who caught the ball, took two full steps into the end zone, then someone knocked the ball out of his hands, and because the referee deemed he hadn't completed the process of the catch, it was given a no touchdown. Quite clearly, when they looked at it, they looked at another example of a time where someone caught it two steps and he spiked the ball in the end zone. That was given as a catch. No one understands what the rule is. I don't think the players get it. I don't think the coaching staff get it. I don't think the officiating teams get it. No one knows what a catch is. Why is it not that you catch the ball? It's a fucking catch. Yeah. The simplest way to the simplest way to describe a catch is if you catch the ball and your foot touches the floor, it's a catch. If it's, if you drop it after that, it's a fumble. If you don't, it's a catch. Let's move on. It just feels like it's, it's like most bits of legislation. They're, they're, rather than just going right, tear it back to the right back to the beginning. They've layered and layered and layered more levels of complexity. Because it's possible to catch a ball that touches the floor, and it to be a catch. Because as part of the process, if you've got two hands on the ball, 
and the ball touches the floor, but you don't lose control of it, and the ball doesn't move within your hands, then that's still a catch. So a ball that hits the floor, it, and you're thinking, well, hang on, well, how, how have you made it that complicated? Why can that be a catch? Because something you catch that doesn't hit the floor and never hits the floor isn't a catch because you bobbled it a little bit when you went out of bounds. It's just, like I, say, it's I think mad, they just over-legislated it and they just, just kept going in layers and layers of complexity when they should just need to tear it back right back to the beginning. Especially with, um, with in the end zone as well. What I don't understand is when you're a runner, as soon as the ball touches the tip of the goal line, that's a touchdown, regardless of what happens after that. When you're catching it, then you can cross the line, take two full steps, then it goes out your hands, no catch. Yeah, Doesn't matters. make any sense to me at all. The, the one thing that the other the other thing with that that whole ambiguity thing that really annoys me is a fumble. A bloke can catch a fumble occurs. A bloke. Drops on the ball, has it in his arms. Then 25 players pile on top of him. As soon as the first player touches him, he's down by contact. But not in the NFL. They can touch him and then they can rip the ball out of his hands. And then literally, Russ, the last person that gets up with the ball, that's the team that has the ball. <laughs> it's literally, that, that it's is the fight. rule. It's just like, you can fall on the ball. Like, and when you're tackled, they call it down by contact. So you're on the floor, you've been tackled except when there's a fumble, when there's a scrum for the ball, and literally anything goes, and the bloke who comes up and goes, I've got the ball, lads. They go, oh, you can have it. It's almost like they go, uh, shit. Yeah, you have it. Don't worry about it. But when when does that stop then? So you say that when the guy comes up with the ball, well, how do they, is it when they all get a bit tired and nobody actually wants to wrestle for the, the ball? The referees basically peel people off. Of the <laughs> literally. Slowly, surely, and then bury themselves in there and have a look and go, oh, I think he's got it more than him. You have it. Go on then. Yeah, and that, yeah, they, they just make, make decisions based on poking their head into a pile of about 20 people. The, the last thing we should talk about really is video refs. I know it's something that, is a hot topic in rugby at the moment and and obviously rugby took it from the NFL and the NFL have got themselves into a situation with video referees now where the very existence of those videos makes the officiating more ambiguous and it is ruining the game it's ruining the game because People, people watch American football to watch touchdowns and, and great plays. And a lot of them are being ruled out because they're being played back at 120 frames a second and you see the tiniest little movement of the ball and it's ruling out a touchdown or it's it's causing a fumble. It, you know, I, something's got to happen before the over-efficiousness of the NFL completely turns people off. I don't. The thing, I, the thing for video referees for me is I don't mind it actually. On on the whole, the thing that I think it should be is it. It's a bit more like they use it in tennis. You've got your two challenges from the coach's perspective, and that's it. What I don't like is the fact that within the last two minutes, anything can be reviewed. If someone sat in a room across the other side of the country thinks that it needs to be reviewed, for me, you've got your coach's challenges. If you lose them, then yes, you're fucked. But then equally, that one of the counterpoints today is, you, you know, we started out by saying the officiating shit. Well, video referees is one of the ways that you can negate shit officiating. If the referees are getting it wrong, then surely having a review of that decision allows at least the opportunity to get it right. Because what's worse? Is it that a referee's made the wrong call or 
you've waited a couple of seconds for the right decision to be made. I, I disagree because I think that the referees get it wrong when they go to the video referee because the video referee sees a very different thing and it's completely without context when you watch it on video. So you don't pick up the speed, you don't pick up periphery, you don't you don't pick up anything else. All you see is a close up of the tip of a ball. And you can you can have full control of a ball, but if you fall on your shoulder the, the ball's gonna move in your hand. It doesn't mean you've got any less control of it. And I think the same goes with rugby as well. A lot of decisions go to a video referee and are then seen completely out of context and don't actually bear any resemblance to the, the issue that they've gone to the referee for and therefore they get the decision wrong even though they've gone to the video ref. And they, they badge it all as safety. So in a, in, a lot of, in a lot of instances when it comes to rugby, it's all safety related. So the, the new thing is there was, a, there was a guy, for instance, there was a guy sent off in, in a game at the weekend who inadvertently his shin hit the back of someone's head. Now a new rule is saying any contact of the boots or the, the leg towards the head is a, a red card offense. They wasn't going to stamp it. If he stamped on his head, that potentially, yeah, that's a dangerous thing, but there was no malice. There was no, it was just one of those things. Um, and it looks worse when they slow it right down. And that's the frustrating thing. You can see malicious play. You can see it with the naked eye and straight away. And if a good official's there, in any sport, if a good official, they should be able to spot it. <clears throat> the, the context of the, of the TMO or the, the, the third umpire or the, the fourth official, whatever, is, is diminished because they're looking at it through a TV screen from whatever angle the, the, the camera chooses to show them. My, my, yeah. I, sorry, Mark. I, I, I would agree with that. I think video is great and it, it has helped the game, but at the same time, it, it's kind of got in the way now. I, th I think I'd like to wrap it up by saying that good referees make more correct decisions than they make bad ones. I would rather have the discussion after the game, I'll, maybe got that wrong, maybe got it right, than the discussion we have at the moment, which is, well, that should have been a catch, but it wasn't because they analysed it on TV and then it moved a fraction of an inch, so they, so they ruled out the touchdown. Good referees make good calls 90% of the time. For me, in NFL, they should just use the challenges and the video referees in the last possible resort. Or the alternative is go back to like it was when we played sport in primary school. The referee's always right, even when he's wrong. Yeah, just yeah. accept the referee's decision and just go, you know what? If he gets it wrong, he's right. Because he's the man that makes the decision out on that pitch. He's God as far as everyone else is concerned. Just give them that authority and the power and go, well, look, you know what? You're always right. I think you're exactly right. The only issue with that is what you would need to then stop is NFL Network slowing everything down after the game and analysing everything to the nth degree um, because that's what's going to hack people off. You either, if you're going to accept it, accept it and then don't go in and analyse it afterwards. No, I, I disagree. I disagree with that. I think you've got the analyst. The analysis is good. What, what I would say is the referees are right. They're right if they're right and they're wrong if they're wrong. But you've got to have that talking point because that's what makes the sport great. And an NFL network is essentially just, it is just a professional version of us sitting around a table. That's all it is. And, and other sports are the same really without the talking points. You haven't got a sport. It's just people turning up and running around on the pitch. And that's what I think at that time, the ref right or wrong, that referees made the decision. So it is right. That that's the end of it. 
that's the right decision that he thinks he's made at that time. If he can be coached or if he can be improved by having that analysis afterwards, no problem. Maybe he'll make a different decision next time. But I think if, if they're going to go that way, then you've got to give 100% autonomy to the referees on the pitch. Yep, I'd agree with that. Um, right then. So, one hour, 27 minutes into recording. <laughs> Let's move on to our one-sentence previews. Russ, you can sit this bit out. We, if you want to have a think about something that you want to mention about anything else, you can put it into the AOB at the end. That's you know our little bit where we just talk about anything. We'll give you the time it takes of us to whip through our one-sentence previews for week three. Last week, I put some really dodgy music on it because I had really bad internet. I had to download something off YouTube. It was bad. Any any suggestions, Julie, welcome. But let's start and... Can you put the Benny Hill music on it? Why not? I'll do that. Let me just... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And, and, and do you know what? If we get any feedback from our literally tens of listeners... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> and it is literally tens. I I will um I'll take their advice. What I'm doing now, I'm filling because I'm trying to bring up the NFL fixture list <laughs> because I'm so well prepared. We we we'd noticed. Yeah, um, I'm so well prepared that I haven't actually done it. Here it is: the week three one sentence previews: Texans against Patriots. Uh, the Pats' fifth-ranked offense goes up against the Texans' third-ranked defense. The game may be decided by who is fit and under center for New England. Ravens, Jaguars. It's Dad's army for the Ravens' receivers as their top three target men are almost a hundred years old combined. But both running backs, Fawcett and West, have more rushing yards than Yeldon. Redskins, Giants. ODB for 300 yards. Lions, Packers. Will the rear Lions or Packers please stand up? Both faltered to supposedly poor opposition in week two and need bounce-back wins. Browns-Dolphins. Browns start their fifth quarterback in five games and Miami are probably going to start their fifth running back in as many games. Offensive woes for both teams. Vikings-Panthers. Newton to throw down, Bradford to throw picks. Broncos-Bengals. Bengals need to get the ground game going and they need to try and stop Denver running the ball. Devontae Booker has currently more rushing yards than Hill or Bernard. Cardinals Bills. It doesn't get any easier for the stuttering Bills against the high-flying birds and this could get ugly for Rex and go. Raiders Titans. New kids on the block or same old story? Rams Bucks. The Bucks came down to earth with a bump and the Rams can't store touchdowns. This game may well be irrelevant and it's only week three. Steelers Eagles. Are the 2-0 Steelers for real? A battle against Big Ben and the boys will give us a lot of answers. Chiefs-Jets. Which KC is going to turn up? Chargers-Colts. Melvin Gordon looks like he's picking up some of the offensive production of uh, left by Allen, averaging 20 carries per game. Bears-Cowboys. Keep feeding Zeke. 100 yards on 40 carries. Falcons-Saints. Shootout. That is all. 49ers-Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks need beast mode to come out of retirement as they average less than 90 yards on the ground per game. Although Lynch would struggle behind that line. And that's it. That's your week three previews. Um, yet another week to look forward to for my fantasy team then. <laughs> Looking forward to this one. Can't wait. Um, any other business chaps? Let's start with Martin. Uh, mine's going to be very short and sweet. Um, obviously, 
you can uh, look to, to label people in, in many different ways, but I found a way that you can basically break it down people into two categories. Those that admit to pissing in the shower and liars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mark, <laughs> I don't know where you're going um, from there, mate, to be honest. No, I don't know. No, but as, as you know, boys, I do like a good whinge at big, uh, big business corporations. And I'm going to, again, come from two parts. Um, first of all, Sky. Um, I've been hating on Sky recently, and I, I've been with them for 10 years, and everything's crap. I've been paying a load of money for it. And I discovered this week they've got a promotion coming up. Whereas if you're a brand-new customer, they will not only, if you take any kind of TV package, they will not only give you free broadband for a year, they'll also give you a brand-new, decent-spec Lenovo, Lenovo laptop for nothing. What do existing customers get? Fuck all. Great customer service by Sky. Well done. Secondly, Apple. As you know, I'm quite a keen runner. I think I've mentioned that on AOB before. And I've been after the Apple Watch for a little while. And they've. it looks like the one with GPS is finally going to be coming out soon. Quite excited about it. The thing that grinds my gears about this is that it was announced $399 on release. So I worked it out with the exchange rate. Oh, that's not going to be too bad over here. That'll probably be worth it. So what's the price in the UK? £399. Fuckers. <laughs> yeah, Russ was just showing his off there. I don't know if you noticed that, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Like, Sorry. Stitching us on price does my head in. Yeah. Like there's an exchange rate for a reason. Stick to it. Don't don't have the same pounds as dollars. Not on Apple Pool. My any other business. I was called up by BMW today, and they they were saying as a valued customer, they've got a special offer only on where you can but save thousands and thousands of pounds on a car. Um, the guy spilled on for about ten minutes, and then I politely pointed out that as I'd spent nearly five or six thousand pounds on repairing my current bmw that the chances of me buying a brand new bmw were somewhat slim expecting him to then say oh well you know our cars are are really nice now they're well maintained they've got good engines whatnot yada 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 um he hung up the phone so um <laughs> bmw go fuck yourself basically go fuck yourself that's all there is and bmw are never getting my custom ever 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 again and in fact I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pan them on Twitter forever. Yeah. Russ, any other business? I didn't really have anything prepared. Um, no, I should, however, I should have mentioned it. Really, that, that, that was, I, I was remiss. What, my, my my any other business would be um, how much sleep is overrated when you've got a small child. I forgot how much a and he's 14 yeah, lots, months old lots, lots of nodding going on around here <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, in in the last two weeks he's been teething and had got a cold and it's just absolutely killing me and i barely get up with him but it still absolutely kills me and, I, and i'm struggling to function is that number so, three for you russ two two yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm on two martin's on one mark's on two, two for me. craig is one he, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's angry and he's ginger and he hates me. That's <laughs> the fact. Are you talking it's about Craig or your kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's that's fact. Well, you, yeah, but Russ, you know, you you make it back in the first week they go to primary school, right? What's that? Well, they're all they're all so fucked the first week they go to primary school. They basically get like my lad's been getting in from primary school and going, I want to go to bed. It's like half four. I'm like, go to bed, mate. Go to bed. Straight away, don't <laughs> hang around. 
I'm going to sit down here and watch up. me some football. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's going to last about a week. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's uh, week three in the books. Um, Russ, thanks for joining us. Hopefully the first thanks. 40 minutes of our recording wasn't so tedious that you'd never want to come back. Um, yeah. What's the name of the podcast again, Russ? Oh, yeah, just uh, plug, 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 plug. So my, our podcast is, is more over podcast. It's all about rugby union, all things well, rugby union, Aviva Premiership and stuff. Um, and we have got some uh, some American football fans as well. So the guys are weird. So we might uh, do a bit more of a crossover and, and talk a little bit more about American football, maybe. Yeah, do. Um, and do you know what, lads? Not only do they get more listeners than us, but Canterbury sent them a load of free shit and tickets to games. We got we have game. good work. <laughs> we haven't had the t- we haven't had the tickets yet, but we we had a box full of. I I, I don't know. I can I can speculate. It's probably about four hundred quid's worth of stash, um, nice. gilets and jumpers and tracky bottoms and stuff. We sh- what we should have done was put them out for competitions to try and get a few more listeners. They're we all just soiled, it all ourselves. Just do it for all the small sizes that no one's going to fit into. <laughs> yeah, I, I took all because I got the box delivered to my house. I took all the best stuff as well. Right. Well, I mean, all the XL stuff—that's the only stuff that's going to fit in your wardrobe, isn't it? Uh, just a large style, Doug. Thanks. Just a large. Oh, if you slim down on account of the AIDS. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Russ used to be quite a big lad. Um, the, quite, quite possibly the biggest fly half I've ever seen. Like comedy fly. I think. Half. I think. I think the word you're looking for is fat fuck. <laughs> and uh, just just to relate an old story um, about Russ before we go, um, Russ was responsible for me uh, in much the same way that Martin is always getting sent off playing American football. I played football with Russ uh, in a previous <laughs> life and um, I once got sent off for calling Russ a fat cunt. He was on my own team. <laughs> that actually happened. Yeah, the That's referee well gave me a straight red card for calling my own teammate a fat cunt. And I turned to the referee when he when he delivered me the red card and said, "But he is. Look at him." <laughs> and and what's even worse is that I just nodded and went, "Yeah, he's right." <laughs> Still dismissed. Anyway, uh, on that bombshell, we'll leave you. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, 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 cheers. cheers, cheers. Welcome. To-